Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We got the core group back. We got a little sidetracked last week when we were experimenting, but we're back where we should be, where we belong. Um, we got Andrew Hahn mm-hmm. producing. We've got Josh running the, the uh, show in Bristol. In Los Angeles, joining us is Jackie McMullen, who had a wonderful book signing last night for a basketball love story, the book that she wrote with Rafe Bartholomew. And um, I actually heard being talked about on Howard Stern's show this week. So there you go. Is that so? Huh. Very good. Because uh, Ramona, Robin Ramona Quivers Shelburne surprise. Ramona Shelburne, surprise guest at the book sign, by the way. New mother oh, on maternity fantastic. leave. Yes. Fantastic. Ramona was given a – she came to a Clippers game this week, and they um, gave the uh, oh, Clippers mascot. mascot. Brought I was her sitting right behind her. Gift. <laughs> Christina and I were well, sitting right behind her, Christina Douglas. And you know what we both did? They started to take the photo, and we both ducked <laughs> instinctively. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christina Douglas is our boss. Uh, what was the gift? Was it a very nice gift? It's um, like some onesies or – it was like onesies oh, or that's you know, nice. Clippers onesies. Yeah, it was. But we're well, like, you know, uh-uh. we don't want to be in this photo. Wasn't like a Bumble <laughs> subscription or anything? <laughs> Not. <that>. Ooh. <laughs> Yow. Uh, speaking of uh, Bumble subscriptions, uh, we've got no. Ben McMahon uh, in, no in Dallas, who's there for Jazz Mavericks tonight. You were in uh, Denver last night, though, for Rockets. Rockets action. Um, the Rockets which we'll might get be to. getting right. Yeah, that was a nice win. Denver might be going wrong. True. Trouble, trouble in Denver. Yes. Um, but first, I think we're contractually obligated to <laughs> discuss. Uh, I looked into our contracts and we are contractually obligated to discuss, uh, what happened in LA a couple days ago. And then the, there was a fallout, which was, um, Draymond Green getting suspended. Um, from my standpoint, before I turn the floor over, I don't really – I'm not really focusing on what happened. Jackie, you were at the game, right? I was there, yes. Okay. And I did speak to Draymond after the game, as a matter of fact. Oh. Well, this is going to be interesting here after I get my spiel out of the way. Um, I don't really care about the play. Obviously, it was a it was a, a fail, hashtag fail, however you want to say it. Um, to me, this is all about Kevin Durant's power in the N- – power. Kevin Durant's the most powerful man in the NBA right now. Because not only is he going to be the highest profile free agent to be, but were he to leave Golden State, he fundamentally changes a dynasty. And we just haven't seen a situation like that really since Jordan. And when Jordan left, he left to retire. He didn't leave to go play for another team. Um, and they certainly didn't, in my memory, grovel to Jordan the entire season. Maybe I'm wrong. But... Them suspending Draymond, even if Draymond deserves some disciplinary action for whatever he said, to me, was all about appeasement for Durant. And I go back to opening night when uh, they got their rings. And I know Joe Lacob was just trying to have some fun in the moment. But when Durant came out to get his ring, Lacob said, hey, I'll give this to you right now if you're willing to sign. And I just think it's a window into the everything that the Warriors do this year comes with that hanging over their head. And as great as they are and things that they do so well, their knees knock just like the Pelicans' knees knock with Anthony Davis, just like anybody, any other team that is at the whim of a free agent. So um, that's my viewpoint on it. But, Jackie, take us into Staples Center the other night. Right. So well, you guys all saw the play. You know, Draymond probably should have passed the ball. <laughs> we could argue that perhaps Steve Kerr should have called the timeout with six seconds to go without Steph on the floor. I know they love to play in the flow of the game. I get all of that. Uh, but that's hindsight. And, and the play, as to your point, is, is really inconsequential, really, to me. Uh, there's no question KD was mad he didn't get the ball. They have some words on the, on the bench. And, but what really, you know, this thing really escalated was obviously in the locker room afterwards. And I've done some additional reporting this morning on this because I was on the jump earlier today and we were going to discuss this. And, uh, I, Brian, I cannot remember a time when a player was suspended for a verbal disagreement with a teammate. 
Uh, correct me if you not admit. not suspended where they put out a i mean they could have just sat draymond and said he was sitting because he came back from an injury not where they put out a press release and then had a press conference right so no. to me it was just unprecedented and i was thinking what on earth could he have possibly said to warrant this strong a suspension and uh and again in some reporting i did this morning was told by a number of people who were who know about this some who were in the room that said uh, it was just vicious what he said. It was beyond what's been reported. And that the players themselves felt that there had to be some action. So that's interesting to me. I don't know if it is to you guys. And, uh, and you know, because I talked to Draymond after the game. Now, he came out after the game. He immediately said, I'm not talking about the thing with KD. I was also standing there when KD, you know, went out, took, walked out of the locker room very purposefully. Uh, Rachel Nichols, our colleague, uh, Went after him, tried to stop him, and he said, not, this is not a good time right now, and never came back. Um, I was also waiting for him for a story I was working on, but it was apparent to me. I thought he was mad about the call. <laughs> Guys, I thought, it, I thought it, No, and I thought it, he was the mad about the call. The interviews that night. Yeah, yeah, and you accept that. I thought he was mad about the call at the end of the game. And so then Draymond comes out, and, and so, you know, of course you do the obligatory. Well, no, I'm not talking about that. I said, okay, fine. As, as you guys know, I'm working on some other pieces. I asked him about that. He was, guys, he was nonplussed. He was calm. He was not agitated. He, like, so it was clear to me in, in Draymond's mind, it's like, yeah, okay, well, we just had a blow, but, but that's over now. We're like, on we go. That's on so, brand for Draymond, I think. Kind of. No, right, right, right exactly. So, so that the fact that this came back as a suspension to me was, was so curious. And, uh, and, and I'm, I, I can't, I still really can't sign off on it. I just think it's an overreaction. Now, why? We can talk about Duran and the free agency. And of course, that's a very real issue. But you know what I was thinking mostly about, guys? It is so hard to win. It is so hard to win. Never mind win back to back. Never mind three-peat. And I think it wears on players. The grind, we saw the grind. It almost like, like the Warriors stopped enjoying it last year. The grind was so evident with that team. And I think what happens is when you get to year three, Draymond is an irritant. He'll, you know, he's the heart and soul of that team, by the way. Let's not forget that. He's very, very important to them. But if you're asking them to choose, they're going to choose KD every time. We all get that. Kevin Durant is arguably the most talented player in the league. So I think year one, Draymond says to Kevin Durant, you know what? I'm going to be in your face. I'm going to, I'm going to say stuff sometimes you don't like. I'm going to irritate. And he's like, bring it on, brother. This is what we need to do. Fine. We win a championship together. It's all good. And then, and then year two, it's more on the same of that. And now meanwhile, in the meantime, Kevin Durant, the first year took less money to help the team out, right? Opted out, took less money to help the team. This past year, he left $5 million on the table simply so he had the option to once again be a free agent. And, you know, that was fine, like the first year, maybe the second year. And now it's year three, and Draymond's like, well, man, when are you ever going to be all in with us like the rest of us are? So it's just you wear on each other. And I think that's what's happened between these two. Now, is it irreparable? I don't think it matters because I still think both of them are professional enough to say, you know what, let's just get through this year, let's just win another championship, and we'll deal with all the rest of this stuff later. McMahon, yeah, what would ha- what would I have chances. to say to you to get suspended? What would I have to say to you to get suspended? Well, first of all, they'd suspend me even if you were at fault. I mean, my, I'm not the <laughs> favorite. I don't, even, I don't even have my bleeping theme song anymore. So, like, I better watch what I say. My goodness. I mean, I'm, right. I'm the Draymond Green to, to Katie and Steph for, for you two. This Thank was, you. I'm glad you know, understand that. Go on. And, and, and Han so which one am I? I? Who do I want to be? No, I'm kidding. Go. <laughs> no, well, well, no, you're. Uh, you want to be Steph, be, Jackie? No, Wendy's got to be Steph because you know he's the original. You're, you're, you're KD. You're the star who, uh, you know, might be the better player, but Wendy gets uh, more of the credit. But you know, I don't necessarily. <laughs> Ooh, think I like this. This is a fun game. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a suspension before it's over. <laughs> and, I, and I am, I am without a doubt, Draymond, the, the irritant. You are. Um, but I, I don't necessarily think this impacts their ability to repeat this year but I, I definitely think it impacts the the likelihood of of the dynasty continuing at least with KD look not that not that KD is necessarily uh not that they absolutely need him to be a championship caliber team obviously they're just by far the favorites when when he's there but you know they did win one 
without him. But for, I, I also think a lot of this is that winning these championships and even being the finals MVP has not been as fulfilling for KD as he thought it would be. And I think there, it's, it's, yeah, but he was, you know, he was the guy who, who hopped on the bandwagon, even though he's been the finals MVP and, you know, kind of the awkward joke at the, at the parade and the rinks there. All, all, I don't think all that stuff is, has helped the situation, but I, I think part of this, and, and obviously his, his teammates probably since this, I'm sure since this, is that in KD's mind, it's like, man, if I'm going to submit my legacy as, you know, that top level of NBA legends, I'm going to have to go win one somewhere else. I just think that Durant's, one of his biggest weaknesses, if it's, if it's not his biggest weakness, is his thin skin, especially when yeah. it comes to being challenged like this. Because I believe he is, if not, the, you know, I don't even know where LeBron ranks, especially this time of the year when he basically doesn't care about defense at all. His weak side defense the first month of the season has been atrocious. <laughs> Emphasis um, on weak. But... Okay, in the playoffs, which is where you are defined as a player, LeBron is still at the top, but Durant is right there. And, you know, in my mind, they don't win the 2017 title without no Durant. He, he right. made it happen. 18, it was a little bit more lopsided. Um, but this is where you can get to Durant. This is why I was gobsmacked, um, when Bob Myers, and I think he tripped over it, I don't think he intended to, but yeah. at the parade last year when Bob Myers made a joke about Durant being kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say. Last man in. Yeah, an that's a good way to put it. An yeah. yeah. Yeah, he sort of compared See, and, him to and Steph so, and was like, Steph was here, you know. Yeah, right. like so like shrimp let, on the side of the great steak, uh, steak meal. But see, that is so wrong <laughs> right so I, from if you're durant let's just let's let's look at durant <laughs> let's look at it from durant's standpoint okay he he leaves so much money on the table at oklahoma to come to golden state and play here and help them win a championship okay then the next year he takes money you know after that for he, he he takes less money so that they can keep their core intact and then this year says okay well but i'm gonna be a free agent again now if you're him you're looking at it and you're saying why are you, Draymond Green, questioning my commitment? I show up here every day. Basketball is my life. Does anyone doubt this? Does anyone? I play hard every night. I have performed beyond, you know, I was the, I've been the MVP of the, of the finals two years in a row. You, why are you all still doubting me? Now, you're right, Brian. He's thin-skinned. But if that is his biggest weakness... Seriously? But his teammates know that's his weakness, which is why... I, but like, that, I, I just don't get... the. There's so much overwhelming negativity when it comes to Kevin Durant, and I don't understand it. I just don't. You know, don't he's also... It. Not only has he left a lot of money on the table, he's donated massive amounts ah, of money to exactly. charity. I believe yeah. he gave $10 million to... Uh, a charity, and I don't, I don't have it in front of me, and I, I'm sorry. I think it was uh, Baltimore, Washington D.C. area charity. Um, he's he's donated great things in charity in Oklahoma. Still. Yeah, sure. Uh, the uh, the continues tornado to, by the way. Yes, yep. the tornado continues that to. hit more Oklahoma. So, yeah, I just think he's an easy target because, to your point, you know, he 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 answers back on Twitter, and he he lets the comments of others affect him and bother him. So then he becomes an easy target, right? That's the oldest story in the and book. And he answers back but, on Twitter through various accounts. Right, right. But my <laughs> point is, so if you're if you're Draymond Green and you you get into this this diatribe, which he did, and and from the sounds of it, there's more than just the B word out that was used. And I don't know what it was. I can't tell you for sure. I just know that the players. It wasn't just management. The players were also disturbed enough by this that they felt this action was warranted. So it must have been, you know, pretty pretty heated. And, and it may and so, not have just been this. It may, you know, Draymond. Of course not. Know, it never is. He has a lot of cumulative. strikes. Yeah. It's cumulative, right? It's cumulative. And but the players. Here's the point I'm trying to make. The players aren't like, oh, we better make this look good for KD's free agency. Players do not think that way. We all know that. The players were just like, this was wrong. This was this was a slap in the face to Katie. This can't be okay. 
this can't and be okay. And what's funny is Draymond's the one who runs out to the parking lot after they lose game seven to the Cavaliers and dials up, Katie, we need you, we need you. And now, you know, here they are, two championships later. And well, I, mean, I do think the understand. You can understand Green's frustration too, though, right? Because... Clay's like, don't worry, yeah, I, I'm come, I'm staying here. Steph is locked yeah. up. Draymond's like, I right. just want to be here. So you can understand why they're like, hey, dude. That's the undercurrent. The undercurrent is yeah. that some of these guys feel like he's he's gone. And Marcus Thompson, who's yeah, uh, oh, we're plugged into the story team. today. Really it was a good great story. story on the athletic. Really um, he, you know, he's very plugged into the players. I mean, he's been covering yeah. that team for a long time. He's covering those core guys when they. You know, when they yep. were 500, when they were a 500 team. Right. Um, and he, his viewpoint on it is that there's a feeling that Durant is gone, you know. Right. And I will well, say that. It. Did you, Brian, did you see what Iggy said? He said something about uh, Shaq and Kobe, and, he, and then whoever was talking to him said, well, you know, they ended up, that ended up breaking up. And he goes, yeah, well, everything has to end. That was, that that was that today. Ethan Sherwood Strauss. Yeah, our, our and I Ethan. and I actually think you know looking ahead, and I don't, you know, I, I, I like chronicling the season. I, I don't like all looking ahead, but one of the reasons why I believe that Durant's probably going to go is because not only does he sort of want to reframe his legacy a little bit, I think it'll be invigorating to the Warriors because I think while they may not all outwardly feel the way Draymond does. But if he were to leave them, I think they're going to be like, hey, uh, you know, we're pretty darn good. And I think we can win without him anyway. We won without him before. We can win without him now. And, Although um, you are so, underestimating. Oh, come on. Come on now. Let's, Barnes let, made. But come yeah. on. Let's, 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 let's slow down here. You're, you're talking about a team being invigorated by their, like, the best player in the league leaving. I can't buy into that. Sorry. Well, they I can feel just that way for the Cavs. Yeah, they, 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 they can feel that way for, like, you know. <laughs> They can feel that Cavs win got a, a big win while, last night. Come on now. I'm just saying, like I can, I can foresee us having a podcast in September, where the the Warriors are talking about, oh, this is going to be uh, a big uh-huh. moment for us as we try to prove that we are still a championship team even with Kevin leaving. Um, but I'm going to say this though. Uh, while I, I, I'm just going to wait and watch here. I'm not going to say, oh, this was a seminal moment and this will crack this team. Sometimes, sometimes events like this have a, have a bonding effect. Although it certainly not looks like, doesn't look like it's bonding Draymond and Kevin, but sometimes moments like this can do the exact opposite of what we expect. So I'm not making any, nah. (laughs) <laughs> well, not on on his relationship with Draymond, but for the team, we'll see. One thing I will say, though, the remarkable thing about and I, Steph is such an interesting story, and in that he is truly one of the great players in NBA history, and he is not even. I don't think in their heart of hearts, I'm not sure that the ownership or the team value Steph over KD. And maybe it's because they never saw Steph as a as a someone who would leave and that Steph, you know, has recommitted several times. But if Draymond had said something to Steph, I'm not so sure Draymond's getting suspended. I just oh, think I don't know about I, that. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You think it was more what he said than who he said it to? I I do. I don't know. I feel like the organization if they were given a Sophie's choice would choose mm. Durant over Steph, and so, I think this. <laughs> look it up, Google it. Saddest um, movie ever. Uh, and I well, and I wonder if that should be the case. Thing. That's a really interesting thing because um, Steph embodies Golden State, right? He does. For he sure, embodies everything that's great about them, and, and they love. I mean, you know, it's no question who they. So you, they may choose Durant over Steph, but who do they? Who do they? Who are they? This is going to sound weird, fonder of, but like who embodies what they're looking for in their superstar? Well, That's Jackie, in 20 years, it will be Steph that will be the face of the Warriors. Well, it, it, it's who do they love more, but who do they have more lust for? Um, right. I just want to point out that Steph was with the Warriors before Lacob and Goober bought that team, and Durant is the one the that Warriors. they got. That's true. Yeah, that's true. 
That's yeah. a um, the Warriors. And by the way, Marcus you know, I, I, last night Monte Ellis was there, and Monte <laughs> couldn't the, play with Steph. During the broadcast last night, I was taken back. Um, it was their 300th consecutive sellout, and they brought on um, I don't know if it was their CEO of their head of ticket sales. I think it was their CEO, and he was talking about when the the 300 um, uh, when the 300 uh, streak started, and it was the first year the Warriors kind of took off. Um, and they had been like a 500 team early in the season, and they went on a seven-game road trip to the East. Um, and back then, uh, the Warriors always did this. They had a big early road trip, kind of like the way that the Bulls, back when the circus was around, the, the Bulls would have to go like on an eight-game road trip right about this time of year. And they would go like two and six, and they were always behind the eight ball to start the season. Um, they went six and one on that road trip, and they like really opened a lot of people's eyes. Draymond was a rookie. Um, Steph was just starting to do things. And I remember they came into Miami. Miami was the defending champions. And Draymond hit a game winner um, and did a great job defending LeBron like in that game. And I remember just completely turning my head. And it, and it, and the, and it reminded me of a time when the Warriors weren't the be-all, end-all. They truly were a team that sort of grew and came out of nowhere. And... Maybe not out of nowhere, but certainly rapidly in, improved. And that was one of the reasons why they were a remarkable story. And that is the basis of who they are. That was, you know, Andre Guadalla and, and Draymond and Clay and Steph. Um, uh, you know, and, and even to a certain extent, Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston was there. That was a really key signing that they made. Those are, those are guys who've been around a long time, longer than Steve Kerr, you know, so, um, Andrew, you know what's not smart? What what's not smart? Um berating and mocking and embarrassing the guy who's about to be a free agent. Uh, uh yeah, that doesn't seem like the smartest tactic. I mean, some people are into that. You pay extra in some countries. <laughs> yes, and in some establishments. But you know what is smart? Uh ZipRecruiter uh, unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. It's powerful matching technology, scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. Hope uh, some uh, some Golden State Warriors aren't going to be updating their resumes anytime soon. Um but if you, if you use ZipRecruiter, you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. Um, from by Trustpilot uh, based on over a 1,000 reviews. And right now, the listeners of this wonderful podcast are smart, intelligent listeners who are very important at their various companies and have hiring power. I don't have hiring power. You don't have hiring power, Andrew, but our listeners do have hiring power, and they can try ZipRecruiter for free at this address, ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash collective, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E, ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. But anyway, all right, uh, we'll definitely Wait, be watching. Wait, who has the that. NBA's longest sellout streak? Uh, is it Dallas still? Your Dallas Mavericks. Oh boy, is it legitimate or they... yeah? But is it real? Six... Is it real? There, there have been a lot of tickets distributed. Yeah, uh, six hundred eighty-four that... consecutive home games in the regular season, plus sixty-seven playoff games, dates to December fifteenth, two thousand one. And like I said, there's been a lot of tickets distributed to charities during this uh, streak, especially in recent years. Yeah, mm-hmm. like last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, like but I mean, when you go to the games, too. Hmm. when you go to the games yeah. and the upper deck, mm-hmm. what are we talking about here? Uh, well, like my man Katie would say, nah. Um, the, uh, the Miami Heat were hanging onto a streak for a long time, sort of the same way. Yes, Andrew. Before you close the close the, or I guess turn the page on the Warriors, I just wanted to ask, with no explanation, I don't need to know why you guys feel this way. Obviously, everyone thinks. Durant is the better player versus Draymond, but who is the one that's more important to what the Warriors do, Draymond or Durant? KD. Durant. 
Yeah, but that I mean, doesn't I mean that Draymond Green isn't the really question. important. So do I. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Draymond is the leader of that team. He is. For better or He's worse. The, yes, but he is the heart and soul of that team. I, I just think extricating himself, extricating him from that team, you know, which you heard a little bit of that, right? In the last 24 hours, well, maybe they'll trade Draymond Green or whatever. I mean. Well, I think I they are that. heading for a bit of a. It could be. It could get prickly. His contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he's going to be eligible for a supermax at age thirty, that's ooh. well. He's not getting a supermax, but but maybe not. But maybe not. Um, it only is going to be as adversarial, probably as Draymond wants it to be. Um, the issue is that Draymond, like Clay, <laughs> Lord knows Draymond wouldn't be adversarial well, about anything. That's true. But if if I if I were Draymond, I would say Draymond, if they're willing to guarantee you five years, make up whatever you think. Because in five years from now, I mean, what kind of player is Draymond going to be? Um, I would say, you know, if they're willing to give you five years, maybe you can work with them on this. But if he's you know, one of the things he has said on the record is that he gave a discount um, mm-hmm. in 2015, and that he should Even be rewarded for giving that. Right? Discount. It was just max before. No, like he took max. No, he, it wasn't the. It, he got less than the max. It was somewhat close to the max. Okay. Um, I thought he took max, he, and then the, but he knew the max was going to soar, and so in that way it was a discount. But I'm well, Clay. I'm, I'm I don't wrong. know. Clay Thompson is probably the 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 dollar for dollar best contract in the league right now because when Clay took his max contract, it was in the fall of 2014, I believe. It was the fall of the 2014-15 season. He signed an extension before his rookie contract ended, and he did something very interesting. He agreed to what the max number was projected to be. Yeah. Um, and he, he locked into that number. He didn't, because when players like Joel Embiid, for example, when he signed his max contract a year ago, he agreed to sign at the max number. We don't know what the max number actually is until the, the, the data comes out and the accounting, the accountants put out their report in July 7th or whatever. The previous October, Embiid agreed to it, whatever that max number would be. That's something we see from rookies, rookie, people coming off their rookie deal. When Clay did it, he agreed to a number that was the projected max. But when the when the numbers came out, it had actually increased more than the projection, and it was several million dollars over the course of the five years. I don't remember the exact number, but he had agreed to the lower number. So technically, Clay is not on a max contract. He is a it is a little bit below that, and not only is he not on a max contract, but he signed before the 2016 cap spike as did Draymond, mm-hmm. and so he's part of that class of guys who are really good players who signed huge contracts that are now out of date. Uh, Jimmy Butler is Absolutely. one of them. Uh, yeah. Kemba Walker Absolutely. is one of them. Those guys who signed that year. Well, one of the guys who signed that year was Draymond. And Draymond is, I, I just read this, Brian, the other day. He's the 24th highest paid forward in the league. The right. 24th. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not because the Warriors screwed him. It was just uh, the nature of Timing. things. Yeah. And it was a $70 million dollar contract. It was a $70 yeah. million dollar contract for a former second round pick. I mean, it wasn't, you know, there was no slight there. But I think if he goes into this saying, all right, you're going to pay me back for these last few years where I was below market value, we're going to have a problem. If he goes into it and says, I want to be here with the Warriors and we're going to do a deal that I can get five years out of and we'll, you know, we will be over a hundred million and we, and I will, um, uh, you know, be rich, you know, be taken care of. I think they can get that done and, and it could go either way. I don't know. I'm just saying that if Draymond holds out for every last dollar, I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, you know, and I think that's just something, uh, to watch. Um, way, shout out to Boogie for trying to play peacemaker. I feel like that's <laughs> been an overlooked part of this whole thing. He's very congenial uh, these days. I saw Boogie twice, once having sushi outside, right outside our L.A. Uh, studio. He was very Katsuya. congenial. And then after the game, talked to him a little bit about a story that you and I are working on, Brian, which we can talk about another oh, time. Oh, Jackie, that That's made a- me very happy to hear you say that. Good. I thought, okay. Um, uh, 
I have dealt with Boogie on a number of occasions. I have never dealt with him on a day-to-day basis. Some of the people who have dealt with him on a day-to-day basis will tell you stories. Boogie has mm-hmm. been nothing but wonderful to me uh, I during his career. I friendly fellow during my interactions. And I will say this. I had a number of interactions with Jimmy Butler during this entire ordeal. I was with the Wolves on two or three different occasions. And Jimmy was nothing but great with me. Uh, I'm not Glenn Taylor, Tom Thibodeau, Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins. I don't really matter. But I have nothing bad to say about the way Jimmy Butler handled it, at least to me. Um, I did think it was interesting. Joel Embiid reached out to Cat and Wiggins uh, before he reached out to Jimmy Butler and, and got their take on how Jimmy would fit in Philly and, and got good reviews from him, actually. He said. Do you think they were being completely honest? Of course not. Uh, Can't put the genie back in the bottle, were... guys. Can't put the genie right. back in the bottle. Well, you know, I'm, and, and look, maybe B didn't tell me everything. They, I'm sure he didn't tell me everything that they told him. That's right. You were with but, the Sixers the day the trade went down. Yeah, I got rerouted to Memphis. Um, but they, How's uh, that airport rank? Oh, in terms Never of convenience, it's, you know, it's, it's convenience. It's empty it's great. Now. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, but... You know, he wasn't asking him, hey, did you enjoy him? He was saying, how do you think he's going to fit in Philly? And I, I tell you what, that is going to be a fascinating chemistry experiment. And it's really on Jimmy Butler to make it work because it would be his third strike. Okay, There was drama in Chicago, kind of two different cores with him. Obviously, there was drama in Minnesota. And so, Can I say something real quick here, Jackie? Go for it. Um, yes. You know, I was just doing some reconnaissance on um, – Jimmy Butler's career this week, mm-hmm. and I was talking about the the trade that the that the Bulls made with the uh, Wolves, and mm-hmm. I was reminded by an executive that the Celtics, you know, Jimmy was very available, and the Bulls really yes. wanted to trade him to the Celtics. Right. And we're we're, we're cred- I, I've been someone who's credited the Bulls um, for getting out ahead of this. Uh, recognizing that Jimmy potentially was going to be an issue, and they, and despite being mocked, they did very well in that trade. Mm-hmm. The Celtics did not make a bid for Jimmy Butler. He was very available to them. I mean, they may have talked. That was, t- that was Tatum. Uh, right? Well, we, I mean, they could have gotten him a number of different ways. True. Um, they, the price were, was too high, Brian. The price was too high. But, but they also just weren't interested in Jimmy Butler. Well, and I think it equates the Celtics. At what price? Well. It's always at what price? Yeah, it's always at what price. I was told they, they didn't were... even make an offer. I don't know how true that is. Okay. Well, let's put it this I, way. I, I, I don't think making an offer suggests that they were. See, here's this is where semantics come in. They they probably didn't make an offer, but did they listen to an offer? You bet okay. they did. So that's okay. semantics. Okay. okay. Semantics. Well, I was told it wasn't necessarily unanimous in Houston. I mean, they, they were in on the bidding. They made offers, but it wasn't necessarily unanimous because of chemistry concerns, because Jimmy Butler is such an alpha dog. And if he comes into Philly, you know, and, and tries to make it his team, that's not going to work. I mean, Joel Embiid is, you know, he, he proudly is the process. He is the face of that franchise, and he fully intends to remain the face of the franchise. And the one thing that uh, uh, Simmons and Embiid were consistent about and certainly on the same page about was I'm sure he's going to come in here and be willing to fit in. They, they both said willing to fit in, fit in, fit in, fit in over and over and over again. And basically what they're saying is, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're damn good. You come in and fit in with us. We don't need, we don't need to follow you. We don't need... Uh, you know, we don't need a leader, you know, come on in, be a star, uh, on the defensive end, you know, we'll, we'll make it work offensively, but this Jimmy can't come in there and think he's going to be the man in the face of that franchise. Cause that's not going to work. But I, I don't think he does think that I let's go back to the original problem in Minnesota money, people money, and he's going to get paid and they're going to live happily ever after. They're going to have to pay him, I think, because uh, they. Oh, of course. I don't. How can no. they not? I mean, I mean, I guess if it's a disaster, they won't. But when they make it's that trade, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. Well, like, you, no, uh, it's not because Jimmy Butler is one of the, the one of the top 
two-way players in the league. I think the only guy that played more minutes last year than him was LeBron. He's and by he, the way, cons- that's a concern as well. Especially well, but it does five-year deal. But but he's not going to play anywhere near the minutes in Philadelphia that he had to play in either of his last two stops. This is a great place for Jimmy Butler. And he is a smart guy, and he is smart enough to understand that this is, in fact, Embiid's team. That doesn't mean he can't be a major part of it. And he's he's going to be really paid. important at the end of these games because Always. this is where Philly— It's one of the best closures in sports. And this is where Philly struggles. You know, Simmons yeah. cannot shoot, cannot shoot, so people back off mm-hmm. of him. And, right. it, you know, the game is—it's it, harder to create for a big man. Embiid can do it a little bit, but— um, you yeah. know, that is no, where I think exactly he's going to make right. a big difference is yeah, this, well, they is, this need is not score. going to be a problem. I just I'll be shocked if this doesn't work. Stunned because uh, his motive. I go back to the motivation money. He's going to get paid. Jackie, what the what qualifies as working? Do they have to go to the conference finals, the finals? Well, I don't think they have to do that immediately. I think what I'm, what I mean by working, Andrew, is that he becomes part of their big three. They add, I think they'll add another shooter at some point. And I think if they get to the conference finals, that's okay. I, I mean, I don't feel like now that you have Jimmy Butler, if you don't get to the finals, the, the season's a disaster. Because like the Celtics, the Sixers are so not close to being done. They have so many assets and draft picks to still utilize. So we... This is not. It's still. But this not was the. Product. This was a big bulk of what they had. I mean, they still have the the Miami Heat, twenty twenty one unprotected. Which, with the, with the direction the Heat are heading right now, is pretty valuable I pick. I don't know what's going to happen in Miami. Um, they kind of, they kind of petered out and didn't reengage. Uh, you know, you know, the day before, the way it was described to me, um, the day before. The uh, the Wolves made the deal. They pretty much told all the teams they were talking with, "Get your get your bids in. We're deciding in 24 hours." And Miami and Pat Riley gave an interview like the day before that, and basically said, "You know, we're listening, but our phones are quiet." So Miami mm-hmm. was out of the bidding. So they had obviously made a decision that they were not going to re-enter. Um, well, because what is where does Jimmy Butler put them? Right, Brian. Think about it. Whatever you'd have to give up. We're, we're, and then you get Jimmy. See, Jimmy's not LeBron James, okay? Right? Right. He's well, not I, Kevin Durant. I agree. He's not. But he gets you in the playoffs, the, but he doesn't guarantee you a right. run if he's your best player. So, I mean, right. And right now the Heat are uh, – I know it's early, but the Heat are significant. You know, they're four, they're, I think they're four games below five hundred. Yeah, they, um, just, they just don't. I mean, the, that white side deal will just haunt them. You know, they've made some – it's uncharacteristically poor – personnel decisions you just don't expect that from the heat at least i don't it's it's um it's really it, it was really a, cu- a couple of years of um of questionable decision that's really taken them out of this and i've talked yeah, about this in the pod before i don't want to go over the yeah. ground but you know yeah. i'm looking at the eastern conference standings and i look at the bucks and you know i just I'm reminded of like when Bud had those great teams in Atlanta. Um, you know, the one team I think won 61 games. I'm 60, pretty sure. Yeah, 60, 61. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about Bud is he he coaches for every game. You know, he's I I, I just you know as long as Giannis avoids injury, I just think the Bucks are going to win a ton of games because uh, I think they're built to be great in the regular season. Whether or not they're built for the playoffs will yet to be seen, but I think they're going to win a ton of games. And the Raptors are obviously very good, um, yeah. and, and I don't want to jump to any conclusions in mid-November. But I'm I'm kind of wondering, like, could Philly or Boston be trying to stay out of the four seed? Um, well, it's oh, early yet very, for both of those. Very realistic. Yeah, I think the Celtics. I really do think they're going to figure it out. I don't know if yeah, you guys had saw a tough that schedule. Gordon. Yeah, and yeah. it's just you know Gordon Hayward isn't right. I don't know if you saw that he just said he would be willing to come off the bench, which is kind of an interesting development. Um, Tracy McGrady and I were talking about that on the jump, whether that's a, that would be a good idea or a bad idea for him. I'm not as crazy about it because I think he just I think there's as much mental work to be done as physical work done. It's impossible for him to be in great basketball shape even at this late date. You know, it just hasn't. You know, he, he missed too much time. Too many horrible things happened to him. And so he's he's not the player 
that he was. I think he will be. I suppose some people can wonder if he ever will be. I don't feel that way. And the young guys are still sort of figuring out, like, they had got to stop taking long twos. Jeez, Jason Tatum, our guy, Brian. Jason, he's um... Just, he's just like, he's he's falling off a bit, or his shot selection is just not good. Holding the ball too long. All But all those things, to me, get fixed. Because they're all about their defense. You know, the concern is that their defense has fallen off a little bit. But I still think the Celtics, uh, when the season ends, are are one of the top two teams in the league. I, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, I look at their talent level. Uh, I'm just, I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm thinking ahead. Like if you're, if you're Boston or Philly, what you're thinking to yourself, this is what I'd be thinking. Boy, I'd really like to not have to beat both Toronto and Philly or, and Boston. Or in the box. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not as afraid of the box. So you're saying you'd I'll rather come. be in the four than, than, uh, two or three? No, no, no. I'm saying three is going to make a big, I think the difference between three and four, the difference between having to beat, um, I think that you're like the I think Raptors that you're, and the Sixers, or the bot Raptors well, and the Celtics. Yeah. is what you're saying. Well, yeah. I, what I'm saying is it may, as, as McMahon just said, I'm saying it might not be the end of the world to be the three, um, and even if Milwaukee takes the two, because if you if you're the three, you you know, let, let's say you're Philadelphia, you're, you get you're getting either or. You're yeah. getting either or. If you're the Philly and you're the four. You're potentially having to beat Toronto and Philadelphia, or Toronto and Although Boston. No, you're assuming you're assuming that the Bucks, if if they're a two seed, don't win in the semifinals. And I think that there's a well, pretty yeah. strong argument to be made that they do That's have true. the best player in the Eastern Conference. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't want to downplay the Bucks. I, I, I my viewpoint on the Bucks is they're headed for high fifties. Like I just the way they play and the way Bud coaches. I think, you know, short of injuries, I think they're going to be a shooting star. I think they're going to get a lot of wins, and I think the Raptors are going to get a lot of wins. And I think as Boston is dealing with their transitions and as Philly is dealing with their transitions, you know, one of those teams is going to be in fourth place, maybe. Uh, maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe Milwaukee falls back. Maybe Boston wins 18 out of 20 or something, and maybe this is not a conversation. Right. But I'm sitting here today, I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking, wow, that's, um, that's a gauntlet, you know, and, and we haven't talked about, Gauntlet and Eastern Conference uh, in a really long time, and I just yeah, think it's, it's something fun. that's interesting. It's fun. No, it's really fun. So, Andrew, um, we had a rough night at my house last night. Oh, uh, what happened? I made dinner, and I really liked it. And in fact, I enjoyed the leftovers for lunch today. But my wife like barely ate it, and then my son took one bite and threw it on the floor. Yeah, um, uh, sources say that your wife may have berated you about your your meal, may have said some things. She was actually as nice as she possibly could be. She put a, a smart oh, face okay. on it, but, <laughs> um, you know, if I think, you know, she could have even hit her food in the napkin to try to make me feel better. So <laughs> I guess I better call Sunbasket. Um, Sunbasket makes it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. I have some experience, but apparently it's not producing anything. Uh, there's 18 weekly recipes to pick from with options for paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, and vegan, diabetes-friendly, and more. And you can mix and match depending on your personal nutritional needs. Um, you can skip the grocery store. I like going to the grocery store, but obviously what I'm buying, Andrew, is not getting it done. Um, but some basket uh, ships fresh organic produce, and responsibly raise meats and seafood directly to your door. Plus, each meal is ready to whip up in as little as 15 minutes. Um, I made my meal in 15 minutes, but I don't think it had the same results. The best part, Sunbasket is delivered with pre-portioned ingredients and clear nutrition information so that you never have to think about eating healthy. You can just do it. So you go to sunbasket.com slash hoop today, and you can learn more about it and get 35 bucks off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash hoop for our wonderful healthy eating listeners who probably can't cook either. Or actually, if you do cook and you just want somebody to give you a break or and uh, show you maybe some new recipes, uh, sunbasket.com slash hoop to get 35 bucks off your first order today. That's sunbasket.com slash hoop. I do want to talk about, again, I checked our contract, and I think we're compelled to talk about Carmelo, but especially since... Um, especially since uh, McMahon is tied into that situation. Um, 
Okay, so we, we, we had a couple of odd press conferences this week. Um, you know, yeah. one, Bob Myers, you know, having to talk about Draymond. The Daryl Morey press conference, was that oh on my gosh. Sunday or <laughs> what day was yeah, that? Yeah, that, that, was, that was on Sunday. And, you know, there was all kinds of, you know, after Woj broke that, hey, this isn't just Melo having the sniffles. They're discussing his role, whether they, you know, might be able to proceed together for the rest of the season, I think is the way he put it. And then, you know, people are saying, well, he's already been told he's been, he's getting waved. Da-da-da. And so Daryl comes out and basically denies everything. <laughs> and well, he like, kind of okay. denied it. It was a str- well, yeah, it was a strange but, but then it was a then it's we're evaluating everything. It's the same with everybody on the roster, and I resisted the urge of saying. So, is James Harden going to be in the rotation next week? Is he you know is he assured of roster spot? Like, come on now. Uh, it was Daryl. <laughs> that would be something you would say. It. I understand why they did it because basically you can't just like Mike was kind of. Mike D'Antoni's out there, and you know his, what he said the night before is, you know, you got to ask Daryl about that, which kind of shoots down the whole sniffles theory. Um, yeah, what are they listing him as goes, tomorrow? What? What? what I mean, is he still sick? Maybe he's got mono. I don't know what it is. The long running okay. illness. Um, but it's uh, and, and so Mike's getting asked all these questions that he doesn't really want to have to answer. You know, players are getting asked about by the situation. You. He's getting asked the questions by you. Not in San Antonio. I wasn't, I wasn't there. Oh, Mike, okay. Mike Wright actually had to work okay. a little bit that weekend. I was in. I was, I was with uh, the Sixers in, in Memphis. <laughs> <Shame>. um, <laughs> anyways, and so I understand why Daryl did it, but at the same time, obviously, he didn't want to say very much. Uh, he wanted to be respectful of Mello. Um, and look, like a couple things here. Number one. Mello hasn't necessarily done anything wrong in Houston. He's just not a good fit and, frankly, not a good player anymore. But it's not like he was causing drama behind the scenes. It's not like he was, you know, bitching and moaning and all that stuff. Like, this isn't a case of Mello. So why not just bench him? So why not just say, why not just say, hey, we're going, who's the young guy they want to play, Clark? Gary Clark, because he, because let's why don't be they real. just say Carmelo's out of the rotation for now? I, I was going to say, so you're going to bench a proud ten-time All Star for a rookie? Well, on a if you contract? cut him, his career might be over. Yeah, but you know what, Brian? Yeah. I think the agreement is when you talk to Melo before you bring him on, you say to him, "Hey, look, we think this can work, but it may not. You need to be prepared. This is how it's going to go, and if it doesn't work, mm. then you're gone. We can't. We don't have time." We can't afford to have distractions, whatever. Yeah. And so you make that clear to him ahead of time. And it isn't all Carmelo. I mean, we've said this. We've talked about this a hundred times. It's not all Carmelo's fault that they had such a terrible start. Yet the numbers tell us with him on the floor versus off the floor, there's a drastic difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not no blaming question. it all on Carmelo. Not blaming it all on him. But you just, this is one of those decisions. You just have to make it quickly and cut your losses and move on. So I don't, I don't disagree with how they did it. I really don't. Yeah, and I, and I was told by by one source there uh, that you know both sides went into a quote with eyes wide open. And you know, I was talking to somebody else with the, with the organization last night, and they're like, "Look, even if Melo's not like creating the drama, like, the way he put it was, if he's sitting down there on the end of the bench, he's got a really big shadow. It's like there's, you know, it's just." It's not a good vibe, and so it's better off just to part ways, you know, wish him well, hope that somebody picks him up off waivers and saves you a little bit of, uh, of, of money in the process. And, and, and Mello was not the problem. He was not the primary reason to get off to such a bad start. You know, he, he, he clearly was not part of the solution. And this is I've got something coming on the Rockets tomorrow. But for all the attention on Mello, he's a minimum salary player for the Rockets. The problems have right. been at the top of the payroll. And th- by the way, those are where the solutions should be too. And the last couple exactly. games, Chris Paul and exactly James Harden right. have looked like Chris Paul and James Harden. Not coincidentally, the Rockets have their two most impressive wins of the season. Chris Paul got suspended. He's been dealing with the tendonitis in his shooting elbow. And he's off. He, he got off to a really poor start. He's the first one to own that. Harden had the hamstring. His numbers are, by his standards, very poor at this point. And if those two guys struggle, the Rockets aren't very good. 
if those two guys play up to their you know their standards they're a 60ish win team and and you know maybe have a chance to challenge the warriors last year they did and, and we can debate whether that's a possibility again or not but again for all not the melodrama yeah right well maybe not but for all the melodrama and all the attention on that He's he's a bit player in this. He's a he was a tiny little. He's an easily replaced piece of the puzzle. CP3 Fair and Harden point. are that's that's the Rockets are going to sink or swim based on how well those guys perform. Although they well, need more have, from their bench, Tim. Though right, they need more from their bench. Their bench is last in the league in scoring. Now, Gary, well, they've, they've got some Gordon's guys on their bench that are injured. Yeah, yeah they've right. got some Gary guys Gordon's Gordon's been, been, Yeah, and yeah. Gordon's been hurt and he's been bad. He, yeah. he you know he's got to play yeah. better. I, you know, they're Absolutely. hoping to get Nene back soon and, you know, Brandon Knight by Christmas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's a re- but, recurring and, theme and, and for and the last they, decade, hoping to get oh, Nene back soon. I know. <laughs> and, and Brandon Knight for the last however many years. Yeah. And look, yeah. you yeah. know, I, I don't think they do any, they've got their mid-level. I seriously doubt because of the tax implications that they use it. But, you know, they'll be active in the buyout market, I'm sure, with, with minimum, you know, bidding with their minimums. Uh, so maybe they can add something there, but. Uh, you know, again, if it really and really, you can throw Capella in there too. If those three guys, who when they played last year, they're forty-two and three, and when all three of them played, if they play at the level they played last season, the Rockets are going to be really, really good. Maybe not sixty-five win good, but really good. If they play like they did for, for the first ten or twelve games, then you know we've seen uh, we've seen those results too. All right, well, we've got to wrap up. But, uh, Jackie, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this discussion. Normally, this is like such a slog. I'm just kidding. But I really hey, enjoyed Ryan, it. Uh, <laughs> if yes, you really yes, enjoyed it, you should, uh, you should subscribe, rate, and review on this podcast oh, that you, I hope, right. have hopefully subscribed to. Thank you so much. This is something that we have Are the to Nebraska say. cops after you, Wendy? No, that's in no, LA. That's me. I, that's I've me. been in that Sorry. room 5,000 times, and I know there's always police activity on that street you know the other day andrew and i were eating lunch at our lunch place there jackie and these plain car police officers just pull up illegally park on the street get out of the car and um andrew they were like paramilitary guys or something remember they were they were were dressed as paramilitary and they ordered and a they, kale salad, didn't they? Um, I don't believe they. I don't. I think they were eating meat. Um, okay. But I was like, "There's a lot of police activity on this block." But that's good. We want to be safe. Thank you for keeping us safe, LAPD. Um, thank you, uh, McMahon, Ben McMahon, Tim McMahon in Dallas. Jackie, thank you. Thank you, Andrew Hahn. Thank you to our folks in Bristol. Thanks, for listening to Hoop Collective. And Andrew, what are people supposed to do? Uh, they're supposed to subscribe, rate, review, and also if they want to just send us money, that's that's great too. Okay, thank you very much. Send it to Andrew Hahn, ESPN LA, care of Andrew Hahn.